Jackalope, the I assume. Jackalope one <laughs> in <laughs> big <laughs> size B. Size B. That sounds good. <clears throat> I like it. Nice. Very nice. That's a nice. Now that's a nice. And that's a welcome to Super Duper Stitious. The paranormal podcast that somehow I always have to do the subtitle for. Oh, the paranormal podcast about, about the, the science, science of the strange. And He's sp- Jake. Yeah, and I'm, well, you're Wyatt. <laughs> and welcome back to week three of Jake. August around the, the world. World. <laughs> that's right. Last week, we visited two of the many specific islands uh-huh talked about some big old rocks <laughs> and this week we're off to america central yes to see what is up with that so central america mm-hmm. first off jake how you doing i'm pretty good how you doing i'm doing pretty good cool all right niceties out of the way <laughs> uh should we is it me yes is it me you're looking for as the run <laughs> um <laughs> Got our tickets, got all the stuff, the plane, blah, blah, blah. You get the full fucking picture. Whatever. If you don't know, this is the other We're traveling around. We did it all month. Different places each week. It's happening again. And it's going to be good. And we're just excited to do it. We're just happy to be here. Yeah, exactly. In Central America. Uh-huh. We're both physically there now together. And we're doing it. It's great. On a Sunday in October of 2013, the small church dedicated to Nuestra Señora de la Asuncion. Or Our Lady of the Ascension. It's a very nice French accent in there. Oh, I try. <laughs> That's Central America, right? Uh-huh. Um, held a special mass for the worried townsfolk of the sleepy seaside town of Chicxulub, Puerto, located on the northern coast of the Yucatan. That's where the dinosaurs got killed. S- say what now? That's where they believe that that was the impact crater. That was where Chicxulub. they began going boom. That's right. And the only way they could survive was by getting very tiny. And a lot more (laughs) fly-y. Exactly. I'll let you keep going. (laughs) It was a very hot day, but the church was packed with parishioners searching for answers and comfort. Imagine them just wandering around, like, looking under the pews, (laughs) staring at the walls. Uh, well, uh, among these attendees was Alejandra, a gas station worker who had beheld a terrible sight just days before. Mm. A tall, clawed, hairy, growling creature crossed her path while she walked to work. Mm. Alejandra's encounter was tied to the many horrible deaths of chickens throughout the town and the surrounding area. Hundreds of chickens were found dismembered and half-eaten, with feathers and parts strewn about large areas. Hmm. Soon after Alejandra's sighting, and a few other brief sightings about the town, the people in the town had collectively come to the conclusion that the strange creature lurking in their area and destroying their poultry stock was a demonic Nahual. The modern Mexican folklore idea of a Nahual, a cryptid on par with Bigfoot or the Chupacabra, has generated uh, recent interest from cryptozoologists. Or those who study unknown animals, thinks article. Is it a narwhal pronounced with a strange Down East accent? Yeah, it's spelled N-A-G-U-A-L. Narwhal. The Nagual. Well, that, that was a narwhal. The narwhal. <laughs> One of them whole shape-shifting narwhals. <laughs> the concept of the narwhal... <laughs> 
has seemed to shapeshift itself with the times and has been used to describe any number of hideous evil creatures spotted throughout Mexico's backcountry and mostly re- relegated to the darker hours of the day. The few common threads in the modern Nahual story is that it is a big... Oh, sorry. <laughs> is that it is a big and hairy... <laughs> it is a big and a hairy... <laughs> Is that it is big and hairy. Ah. Makes growling or howling noises. Um, or yowling, I imagine, for that matter. Why not? And has the snoot of a doog. <laughs> or sometimes the face of a case, meaning a cat. The Nahual <laughs> is blamed for disappearances of animals or people and destruction of property. So, the Nahual, basically, they are more or less skinwalkers south of the U.S.-Mexico border. <laughs> The word narwhal or narwhal. <laughs> Damn it. You got me going now. It's going to be a problem. <laughs> or is it going to be the solution? The word narwhal basically translates to magician, but d- hmm. there are many different little semantic variations from indigenous language to indigenous language. Mm-hmm. But generally, it becomes a pastiche of something along the lines of transforming trickster or shapeshifter. Okay. So very much along the lines of a skinwalker in Navajo tradition. Yes. But I'm now going to pass it over to Oliver G. Alvar, writing for Cultura Colectiva. Cultura Colectiva? I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Take it from here, Oliver. Um, Around Mexico's eastern mountain ranges, rural communities believe there are some individuals among them who can shapeshift into animals in the dark. Mm -hmm. I often heard terrifying tales when I was growing up in the region, as it was common for the locals to be scared of night and darkness, the time when Nahuales roam freely, fearful of their capacity for evil. Quote, don't go into the woods during a new moon, they used to tell me, for there hunts a man with the tail of a lizard and the head of a coyote who will not hesitate to eat you. Creepy. Nahuales were supposed to be a kind of powerful sorcerer or brujo, who drinks human blood, kills livestock, steals or destroys property, and spreads disease. Ideally, not all at once. <laughs> Needless to say, that's rather scary for a small kid who lived on the edge of the forest. Not all Nahuales are evil, however. The legend of these myth- uh, mystical shapeshifters has many layers and variants, and each community has a different perception of what Nahuales are supposed to be. Broadly speaking... In Mesoamerican mythology, Nahual refers to any person with the power to transform him or herself into an animal, commonly a jaguar or puma, or a wolf. As such, Nahuales are intrinsically either uh, neither good nor evil. Whether they use their powers for the benefit or detriment of others wholly depends on whether the individual's personality, rather than the Nahual community, is benevolent or malevolent. Mesoamerica is a cultural and historical region that spans several complex and culturally advanced civilizations developed before the Spanish colonization of the Americas, including the Aztecs and the Mayans. Mesoamerican cultures held profound cosmological beliefs and deeply symbolic views about the spiritual world, Hmm. and the Nahuales fit into the structure as essentially spiritual beings, often seen as the gods' guardians. Okay. Sure, not all Nahuales were suitable to be revered as divine guardians, but, good or bad, they all commanded fear and respect. Mesoamerican cultures were faithful believers of tonalism, according to which every individual has an animal counterpart. The connection between the person and their spirit animal is tied to their life force. Okay. The general relationship between a person and their spirit animal is somewhat distant. For example, if someone's animal is a... 
Senzontle. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce the shit out of that. Mm-hmm. C-E-N-Z-O-N-T-L-E. So a weird weakness of mine is if I hear something spelled out loud, I immediately forget everything I just heard. So it doesn't really matter what it That's was. That's fair. I already don't know. That's a kind of mockingbird, apparently. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, that person might possess a beautiful singing voice. So they're just using this as an illustration of it's not like you're actually like a fucking bird. You just like right. have features. Yeah. Thanks for the elaboration, Oliver. Jeez. <laughs> That was his exact wording, too. You're not an actual fucking not bird. not a fucking just... bird, you idiot. <laughs> but some connections are stronger than others. Talented individuals can supposedly control their animals' abilities at will, gaining, for instance, extraordinary sight or a sublime sense of smell, depending on the uh, situation. He didn't have the uh, that was just me being <laughs> sexual. <laughs> In a Jeff Goldblum kind of way. Yeah, depending on the uh... Um, <laughs> situation (laughs) and then there are those who grow to be such gifted sorcerers that they can alter their whole shape not just the penis the true nahuales (laughs) so how does this power come about in the mythology the matter is determined by the calendar system whether you are or aren't a nahual or narwhal depends on your birth date (laughs) each day of the year is associated with an animal and all its strengths and weaknesses The stronger the animal, the more powerful the individual. Mm -hmm. The strongest practitioners of powerful magic were generally born during a period related to the jaguar or puma, and only those who could intimately know and channel their spirit animal could control their shape-shifting powers. So, you're either born an Ahual or you're not. It's not about being worthy or morally decent. You just have to be lucky. Nowadays, being perceived as a Nahual can have ra- uh, radically different implications depending on the region. In some communities, Nahuales are ultimately godly figures of revered authority, equally feared and respected for their power. In others, uh, to the extent that Nahualism is seen as equivalent to witchcraft, anyone accused of being a Nahual can be the victim of violent physical attacks. Nice. It would be amazing to have the shamanic powers of Nahualism. After all... It's not only about the ability to transform, but also, and above all, about the deep spiritual connection with the natural world and animals in general. So, Oliver says, I'll leave you with two questions. Which spirit animal would you like to have, and what would you do if you could transform into it? So, thank you for all that interesting cultural and historical (laughs) insight, Oliver. Thank you even more for that pressing question. Bachelor number one. Yeah, exactly. If you could turn into any animal... (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, rather than pick whatever animal I want, naked mole rat, I jumped at the opportunity to finally, finally (laughs) head over to MyMayanSign.com to explore what is obviously a cooler kind of cosmology than I'm used to and uh, check out our galactic tone numbers and Mayan Sunday and (laughs) Tricana signs. Great. I punched up our birthdays. Okay. On MyMindSigns.com or whatever it is. And for listeners, those birthdays are what? Yeah, if anyone wants to send us gifts or hate mail, um, (laughs) mine is March 15th. (laughs) Jake's is October 25th, 1979. The man is old. (laughs) Our mother's maiden names are... Uh, Deborah and Louise. (laughs) Straight. My mom's name is Kellyanne Louise. Yep. And mine's Deborah Deborah. <laughs> um, okay, so my sun sign is the monkey. My personality, attractive, artistic, 
clever and demonstrative with feelings. I wish listeners got the eyebrow flourish on each one of these bullet points that I am getting, but... I have many interests. I'm talkative and I'm very curious. <laughs> Cute, clever, and generous. <laughs> it is impossible not to notice you in the community, even though you wish to hide it at times. That is not possible. <laughs> You have a strong character, and you sometimes choose to stay distant from people because of intense emotions. You become the center of attention with the speed of light due to your charming character and jokes. Um, As an adult, our task is to protect the monkey. (laughs) As the monkey symbolizes the child within us. Uh, Innocent, curious, creative, playful, and funny. It is also the child that paints the walls of the house. So I should remember my childlike dreams. I'm one of the luckiest signs. Good luck with marriage and children and money and careers and stuff. You have so many of all of those. And uh, yeah. (laughs) And uh, my main challenge is not staying focused long enough to learn. (laughs) But the remedy is to be creative. My galactic number. Don't worry. Anyone who's bored of hearing about me, Jake's going to get his too. Is eight or ocho. All right. Which represents patterns, work, creativity, working with joy, justice, harmony, and balance realized as substance. For some reason, I thought a galactic number would be bigger than eight. I don't know. Galactic <laughs> sounds a little bit more hey, dramatic. Hey, just change your uh, perspective there, man. Just just flip that eight on its side. <laughs> there you go. What do you, what do you got now? The sideways eight. That's right. <laughs> and then there's the Tricana, which is like, there. I think there's 20 sun signs in this cosmology, and then 13 Tracana signs. Hmm. And the two of these sort of uh, arrays, you know, stagger over one another over the course of the year. So depending on the year and the date and everything, people can have different mixes and matches. Gotcha. But anyway, the Tracana is like a flavor element, I think. Mm -hmm. And for me, it is the seed. Oh. Interested in leadership and performance. And by seed, I do literally mean like a seed you'd put in the earth. Some of them are like house. (laughs) It's very funny. Um, Interested in leadership and performance, active, dynamic, and my favorite, sexual. (laughs) Seed represents abundance, sexuality, the potential and the question of awakening it. And last but not least, the sense of ego, which as you know, I am a huge douche. (laughs) Or as I like to call it, an amused douche. <laughs> um, organized, energetic, and dynamic. You want to fucking have a family and look for mysterious awakenings. Who cares? Anyway, Jake, yours. <laughs> your sun sign is the deer. Oh. Peaceful, generous, cooperative, artistic, and inspiring. Hmm. In addition, nomadic, outspoken, and individualistic. Hmm. You have a calm appearance, but... In the inside, you have a very strong character. Friendship and camaraderie are important to you. Therefore, your social circles become like a family, Hmm. present company excluded. Generally, you are talkative (laughs) with a peaceful nature. You have strong intuition and reasoning skills, which able you to speak courageously and daringly. (laughs) Uh, You have a a deeply spiritual side to you, but you choose not to show it. Even to myself. That's right. At times you might be perceived as someone weird or even a little bit crazy. This is because of the energy you carry within. My best advice to you, this is me, not the site. Be at peace with your weirdness, Jake. Okay. Um, you have an enhanced perception of aesthetics and beauty. Therefore, living with art is perfect for you. Hmm. Look at all that art. It's all Lawrence. But you're living with it. That's right. Minds believe that dear people... 
have very Two skillful people. hands. Um, very skillful hands, as can be seen in the symbol of the sign. The deer, which has hands that are very skillful. So you can be very good at any manual work. Challenge is being safe, free, and independent in relationships. And the remedy is having confidence in one's own individuality and personality, no matter how strange, freakish, and off-putting it may be. <laughs> it just has strange here, but I figured I'm like, God damn, Mayan signs. Your number is seven. Siete. Oh. Mysterious, magic, beyond the realms of the worlds, reflective, the flow of divinity, dreams, purpose, and, of course, arrow. <laughs> Obviously. And your tracana is crocodile. Ooh. Crocodile. My, my tracana eats my sun sign. <laughs> it does. Yes. Your tracana has your sun sign in a straight-up death roll right now. <laughs> Snapping off its extremely dexterous hands. <laughs> Um, the personality of the crocodile, full of energy, creative and initiator, protective and dominant parent, sensitive and confidential. Seen as the first of the 20 sign cycle, therefore it is very much related with the beginnings and birthing. Mayans call that the crocodile sign. What the fuck? Carries the primordial waters. Uh, strong. You got, you can, you, you get them all pregnant, basically. And you have a strong personality as well, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but most noticeably, you can understand people very deeply. So, there you go. Uh, fun aside, the Nahual is a seriously spooky business for a lot of people to this very day, as they are often seen as A, too real, and B, deeply nefarious. <laughs> uh, shape-shifting often occurs at night, normally into a dog, owl, bat, a big wolf, or a turkey, which is a dog, all the owl, bat? creatures. Is that, a, is that a combo thing? A dogal bat, yep. Okay. And a big wolf turkey. Um, <laughs> and they are, of course, roaming the streets looking to drink blood from human victims, steal property, and cause disease. So basically, wow. anytime anyone sees anything that's a little bit out of the ordinary at night, you can better <laughs> believe you're going to get some shaky cam footage of it. Um, so there, and there are a lot of, a lot of that. I, 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 I found so many of those, of people just filming nothing in the night and freaking out a lot in Spanish, which I cannot understand. Interesting. But then again, if anyone out there ever sees a monkey and a deer coming into town down a major road, please leave some <laughs> snacks, money, and beer on the porch <laughs> and uh, tell us about it in the, uh, in the, uh, uh, the comments. Of, of your life. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the narwhal. <laughs> that is the narwhal. That's a very... I thought I knew more about narwhals than I do, clearly. That was very cool about that horn. <laughs> I know there's a lot of different cool traditions I learned about in trying to research uh, Latin America, Central America specifically, that seem to have similar characteristics, some of which we will see kind of in my segment in a moment, and Ooh. some of which was in stuff that I looked at and didn't end up doing, and that's all. That's just neat. I don't know. I like it. Very cool. Well, it's fun to look up. I, uh, there's actually quite a rich uh, array of sort of folkloric beings to pick from, so I was very satisfied to find one that actually had quite a few fun sites as well. Sometimes you find these things, there's basically just one write-up and everything else is kind of bullshit. So this was right. fun to uh, ping-pong around. Cool. And there were none of the videos were anything remotely interesting? Is all just people freaking out in the dark? One was kind of <laughs> creepy, but I mean, a lot of it is like loud, shaky cam. Mm. I could dig one up really fast, though. Why not? Sure, why, yeah. Uh, this one's like everybody having a... Can you hear this? Nope. I'm just going to turn the sound off. This guy's ostensibly talking about Nahual. 
This is the video I was watching earlier. Okay, so of people in the dark. They got flashlights. There's there goes a rod. <laughs> yeah, flying rod. <laughs> they missed a the, the Nahual had transformed into a rod to get away. <laughs> but they basically yeah, it's a crowd, like a small, presumably a village or maybe a neighborhood in a larger yeah. area. Everyone is out. It's nighttime. They all have their flashlights and torches, meaning larger flashlight in my mind. <laughs> um, they're they're not fire um they're shining them all up into a tree their flashlights and their british flashlights yes exactly so they're all trying to see what it's what it's going on and that guy's wearing a yankees hat for some reason uh they're all looking up at a tree shining their lights on it trying to see what's going on i mean if it's the kind of if you think there's some kind of weird shape-shifting monster in your little town yeah it makes sense that everyone's gonna be like fuck this what's what's up let's go see what the hell's going on it would be very, very upsetting. They're and they're yelling a lot and mm. kind of freaked out. Oh, here's here we go. Here we go. This one's a good one. So this is where I saw a couple of good ones. Okay, First one's no. a very, very fake, fake o, fake out, fake thing. <laughs> the yeah. next one's kind of fun, classic. Oh, we're just standing around filming. What's that? Oh, what's that? Oh, oh. Ah! <laughs> it's just so like it's a little, like okay. Yeah, I see a little couple steps. It's like a person it's on creepy. all fours. It's yeah, creepy. Is, it's a little strange but yeah but it starts like skittering towards them as well from down yeah. the hallway which is uh upsetting it is that's, that's and then the next one the next one is actually truly creepy oh oh so it's just a ah, lot of movement in the dark towards is that a person just sitting there they didn't know about it i think not i think they're oh. like faced away it's just like kind of reaching out towards them it's all very clear and really creepy looking i suspect that this is staged yeah because of how watch this Oh, 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 just darts over to the left side of the screen. That is not great. I That's the one like that, that I was like, this is actually creepy. <laughs> That's very creepy. Yeah. I um, do not think it to, uh, I do not believe it to be real, but I do like how creepy. Oh. Yeah. It, it reminded it me of real, the, Oh no. <laughs> oh, oh no. I know if it's real, it's like, um, it reminds me of the footage that you showed me from the <laughs> the uk all of those ages ago yeah leaping across the old highway of that dog creature looking beastie but look at all thing. this stuff this is like some fakeness Ooh, what's this? some kind of cctv so just some uh, cctv footage of a street at night at some point something i guess yeah is let's come hope down. i haven't actually seen this yet so i'm just as uh flummoxed as you it sounds like they're gonna see a black dog walking down the street at some point on the thumbnail um, some closed caption tv indicate that happening closed caption tv right uh, uh car goes car by, by in, the in, the, in the back on the cross street oh something just rounded uh, the bend and it's headed our way let's see it's in the shadows now can't see it it's gonna come out of the shadows shortly oh they're zooming in so clearly it's gonna happen soon and where is it <laughs> uh, <laughs> just jumps up into the lens. Oh no! <laughs> oh, oh, there it comes. That is a dog. It is a well, dog. It's yeah. very lanky. Yeah, it does look pretty lanky, but like there are a lot but of dog is, breeds out there. But it is it's just a, dog a dog. Sure is straight up dog. Oh, is something weird gonna happen? No. Um, but there you have it. Nawal. Um, I dare say, before we go any further. Mm-hmm. I might have to mention a groovy little brewery in Western Massachusetts, mm-hmm. one that uh, one that pours ingredients <laughs> such as Dungeon and Dragon, <laughs> loud music and alcohol into a big old tube 
pulls a few levers and makes come out the other end some kind of liquid that Jake, I recall you having a pretty crazy name for. Burr, I think I called it. Burr, that burr. is correct. It's burr. <laughs> Not to be confused with the sound you make when you're cold. That's right. <laughs> you're in the New England area and considering a purchase of a brewed beverage, <laughs> consider buying four Phantoms. Four Phantoms Brewing. Keep your eyes peeled for two new offerings from Four Phantoms Brewery. They've got Battle Jacket featuring a metal as heck guitarist Lich on the label. Pilsner is a crispy companion for bonfires and eternal worship of the unholiest riffs. It's mm. their copy, not mine, I'm afraid. Uh, buy this Pilsner all... Proceeds go to racial justice organizations. Very, very cool. The other one is uh, Johnny Flip Flops talking about a mojito sour. This one's liable to put a pucker on your sucker in the best way. <laughs> and you can drink it knowing that a portion of proceeds will go directly to animal welfare organizations. Now, I know, Jake, that some of these are on their way to you. Mm-hmm. Have you already tried this one? I've had the great fortune of having sampled both. Oh, man. So tell me about it. I will say this. Not just because Drew is so kindly supporting our show. And because he's holding you at gunpoint right now. And yeah, the the, the Glock on my temple is just how I like to sit in this chair now, and I'm not scared. Mm-hmm. But Battle Jacket, easily one of the best, if not the my favorite Pilsner I ever done had. Ooh. The thing is delish. And Johnny Flip Flops gets it gets it done. <laughs> Well, we have actual key lime puree and a blend oh, yeah. of mint in all the stuff. So that sounds... I'm, I'm very excited to try it. It's a fascinating drink. I will put it that way. I enjoyed it very much. I should be getting these on Thursday. So listeners, if you're hearing this when it comes out, I will hopefully already have tried it by the time uh, you're hearing this. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Relatedly, if next week when we do our Four Phantoms ad, we sound surprised by what is happening to us and we get the impression that it's our first time hearing about these beers at all uh, don't worry about it that's just uh that's just how these things go sometimes uh-huh. you know yeah. we'll both have actually had the beers ourselves by then and then we'll have forgotten what they even are and that's just normal and don't worry about that i'm honestly confused as to why jake would even bring up such a strange thing so uh presciently but maybe that's just his uh seven of deer coming out <laughs> all over the place also, uh, after weeks of work and tireless effort using several of the world's most powerful supercomputers, we have figured out how to read reviews on Untapped, sorted by most recent. What? And uh, based on that, we can now say... I mean, yes. <laughs> we leave, leave a fun and creative review, mention us in that review, and we will read it on the show. We always, every episode, link to the Untapped page for 4 Phantoms, so if you leave a review, we will read it. So mention us in some way so we know that you have come there from us and we will talk about it. We have a new challenge for you as well. Take a mediocre to halfway decent quality photo of your beer when you upload it. That entire website is filled with people who apparently got the same memo, which was take a photo of your beer as fast as you can, but make sure the lighting is garbage and make sure anything but the beer is in focus, if anything at all. <laughs> so <laughs> That is, uh, yeah. Actually, they have it written on um, how to submit photos. Yes. So um, please do top that, especially because like, the artwork is very fun on these cans. We want to see it very clearly. Uh, have it in a glass too next to it. Great. We want to see how that nice color is. Show the, as we say on our show, the quaff. Show the physicality of that beer when you get it. and Put that physicality on stage, in your closet, perhaps sitting underneath a table. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps get your old flip phone out, take a picture from there. 
<laughs> download it to your Tamagotchi that your little <laughs> sister is using, take it from her, and then upload it from there. And you will still have better quality photos than all of Untapped. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, if you're anywhere near Western Mass, zip on by to Four Phantoms, get some cool beer. If you're still uncomfortable with going out during what is the ongoing, permanently ongoing COVID times, they do curbside pickup as well. As always, we have their email address in the notes of this episode as well, so you can reach out and say, hey, I want to get some beer, and then you can go get it, and they'll give it to you, and you don't have to touch anything. And with that, <laughs> thank you for fandoms. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right, Jake, scare me, wow me, and amaze me, all in the same breath. I will try to. The uh, Actually, the video that we watched most recently of that uh, Black Dog will be relevant to my segment. Um, oh, oh, dog. <laughs> so for this week, I had a story or topic uh, kind of squirreled away that I found over a year ago and they, like suddenly remembered a few days ago. I was like, oh, I could wow. do that. But then when looking into it again, found that it takes place in Venezuela, which is not in Central America, but in the South one. So you know what? You know what? I did a greater uh, Middle East and we can do this as a greater Latin America. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, why did that so I could do this? That was exactly how I justified it in my head. Pusha. But after looking into it more, I was kind of getting, I wasn't super satisfied with it. I was thinking, yeah, this isn't really what I want for this week. So I saw some related spooky stuff um, connected to it and looked into one of those. And that's what I ended up with. So I actually Ooh. now finally, literally, I, was try- I found the topic I wanted, was looking around for a good source I could really use that would have good stories in it. Like I found mm. different ones that are like, bits and pieces here and there and then mm-hmm. minutes before recording i found oh. an actual a pdf of a cute little book from 2007 by simon burchell entitled phantom black dogs in latin america Whoa. which is like the uh, seems to be the best available english uh, authority on this whole thing and so i was able to find some good stuff in it you're talking some pbds mm-hmm and ca <laughs> Yes. Uh, so I have. I will begin <laughs> with his intro, which goes as follows: <clears throat> The cobbled streets are deserted, and night has drawn a veil over the surrounding volcanoes. The Spanish Whoa, colonial architecture. What an intro! <laughs> yes, the Spanish colonial architecture is lit here. Uh, is lit here and there by isolated street lamps. <laughs> <laughs> This is a hilarious introduction. When I Spanish read it, architecture it really is, is lit here. <laughs> Check out and those volcanoes. <laughs> yeah. Carry the, on. <laughs> Sorry, Simon. Uh, the air is warm, heavy with the what scent of flowers, say? with just a hint of the chill to come in the early hours of the morning. A lone person returns home along the street, staggering just slightly under the influence of alcohol. Uh, he hears a clatter of hooves from a nearby alley and looks up in surprise. Two fiery red discs glare at him malevolently from the shadows, and the darkness seems to congeal into a black mass that slinks forward into the dim light of the nearest street lamp. It's a car. It's a car. It is revealed <laughs> as an enormous car. Uh, <laughs> as an enormous black dog with long, shaggy fur hanging in matted tangles. Its legs terminating in cloven hooves of a goat. Whoa. Uh, in the cloven hooves of a goat. Its eyes burn furiously like the fires of hell, and flames flicker from its muzzle as it draws nearer. A heavy chain drags over the cobbles, hanging from the unnatural beast's neck. The lonely traveler is not so drunk as to forget what his grandfather told him. 
He draws his dagger from his belt and carves the sign of the cross into the air whilst uttering a quick prayer. The sinister shape lets out an angry, blood-curdling howl and dissolves into the shadows from whence it came. This is the typical black dog tail in Latin American folklore, and the description above would be recognized as either an incarnation of the devil or a shape-changing sorcerer from Mexico to Argentina, although hmm. it would be called by widely differing names. In Mexico, it would be called the Nahual or Huaychivo. What? So two things we both now know. I didn't even recognize in my notes Nawal until you talked about it just now. And Wachiba wow. was in our little panda segment last week. So what? that's cool. How do you, it's like in the it's in the in the, the pocket. Air. We're in the pocket now. <laughs> oh no! Uh, in most Central America, it would be called the Cadejo. Huh? Uh, in Colombia, it's called the Carbunco. In Ecuador, uh, uh, I don't know if it's Alcusacra or Aycusacra. It's two L's. In Argentina, it may be the familiar or the hmm. libosón. In many places, it is simply called the perro negro, which is literally the mm. black dog, but is almost universally regarded as evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word cadejo is of Spanish origin. Guatemalan folklorist Kelso A. Lara Figueroa suggests that it derives from cadillo or cadejillo, which means hmm. lock of tangled hair, tangle, mm. or braiding, presumably referring to its shaggy appearance. Mm-hmm. can be said that Cadejo is literally the Latin American version of the names shock, shuck, and shag, referred to the fur, of England that Jennifer West would suggest may be derived from the black dog shaggy hair, uh, hence black shuck, one of the most yeah. well-known versions of the scary demonic black dog trope. Wow. Super cool. That's crazy. It's a gl- global sensation. Right? Uh, in fact, a modern Spanish dictionary gives the word Cadejo a secondary meaning as a tangled knot of hair. And a popular etymology, for, uh, etymology, popular etymology for the word has suggested an alternative origin that it derives from the chain which sometimes hangs around the creature's neck, cadena, which could then be kind of, mm. I guess, um, adapted to become cadejo. So in Spanish, cadena means chain, but this particular origin for the name doesn't seem as likely as the others. La Figueroa, specifically referring to the black dog slash Cadejo legend as it exists in Guatemala City, views it as a largely harmless protective spirit that watches hmm. over those overcome by drunkenness. Oh. Uh, so there are, I think, some versions like this where it's sort of supposed to uh, scare people who are drunk into not doing something harmful to themselves, maybe? Oh, yeah. Scared straight sort of thing. Sort of a dare program of the 90s, <laughs> but with a big scary demon, a demon dog. But this particular take he has is a selective interpretation as it is at odds with some of the accounts that he gives in his books, although he does identify three main variants. Hmm. The aforementioned version is apparently the most commonly told in Guatemala's capital. In another variant, it is evil and attacks the people that it follows, while the final Mm. version refers to it as a benevolent spirit that protects the defenseless. Mm -hmm. An account which has become a classic is that which was related to Lara Figaro by Rolando Marroquin, a 29-year-old secondary school inspector from the Santa Catarina district of Guatemala City in November of 1967, which will probably place the events of his story sometime between 1910 and 1920. Hmm. It's appeared on numerous Central American websites and seems to have taken on a life of its own, often hmm. being extended and told in the first person. Mm-hmm. Marroquin recounted how one night when he was a student, his grandfather had an encounter with the Cadejo when he was returning home to the Callejón de Huerfanas from the Cerrito del Carmen district of Guatemala City, a neighborhood which appears to have a strong black dog tradition since it recurs in various other tales of the Cadejo. Huh. 
Uh, he and his friends were making their way home, one by one, going their different ways. They were passing the paddock of Corona near the Isabel de Catolica Park when an enormous, fiery-eyed black dog with goat's hooves instead of paws appeared Whoa. and began to follow them. The boys sped up their pace, but the black dog continued hard on their heels till only the teller's grandfather just and giving one them flat friend- tires. Yeah, just stepping on their heels and really <laughs> messing up their strides. Um, to mention only uh, a friend, like the grandfather and one friend remained. When they got to his last remaining friend's house in the Cajon de Dolores, they were both exhausted and entered Wait, was together. he killing them? They were peeling off to where they lived and just going into their houses. And, he kept just and the dog would his- just follow the main crew? Yeah. Why not just split in every direction? Yeah, it seems like that would be a way to do it. But yeah, I think once they got home, like, I'm just going to go inside. Bye. <laughs> Good luck with that that's, dog. That, that's and, fair. Um, and I'm not sure quite how close it was. I think it was just getting closer and closer and closer as that was Ooh, happening. So, so they got to the second to last friend's house and the grandfather's like, well, I'm not going to just leave alone with this dog. Follow me. I'm going in with you. So they right. ran inside. Uh, the dog tried to force its way under the door until his friend's mother went out and made the sign of, a, of the cross with a crucifix, at which point mm. the black dog disappeared. Crisscross. Yes. This Guatemalan black dog can hardly be seen as uh, to be protective. It clearly terrified the boys, and the actions of the friend's mother reveal that she believed it to be evil. Indeed, its aversion to the cross shows it to be evil, for in a strongly Christian society, what kind of spirit would flee from the cross? That's right. Uh, From there, Burchell goes into, or Burchell, I don't know how you say it, goes into a whole series of different accounts and tales of encounters with El Cadejo throughout Mm. Latin America. Mm-hmm. Uh, accounts of course vary but do add up to a general sense of the monster it lurks in graveyards and dark alleys waiting to attack a passing victim it has a distinctive smell of urine and or burning sulfur so your classic fire and brimstone kind of situation yes uh, it typically does drag a chain that rattles along the ground and also often moves with a really grotesque unnatural jerky motion Ugh, that's uh, creepy. One interesting feature of these tales is that put together, they suggest four types of cadejos. A white cadejo, which is generally hmm. good and helpful, and a black cadejo, which has mm. three, and there are three types of black cadejos. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first of those is the devil himself in the form wow. of a large, wounded-looking dog with hooves instead of paws, its legs bound with red-hot chains. Damn. Uh, this is most like what we heard a moment ago with a little bit of variation to it, of course, uh, visually. It is said that not even the white Cadejo is able to stop him. I'll talk more about why that is later. Uh, unlike the regular black Cadejo, it is not likely to pursue and attack a passing person as it is a scout, the eyes of evil. Mm. Instead, anyone who spots him will have something bad befall them later. So kind of a harbinger of tragedy kind of deal. Yeah. The second type of black cadejo is the more common. It's considered kind of the regular version of this tale. Hmm. It's the mysterious evil dog. It's just, it's, it is a weird, creepy dog, and that's we don't know M-E-D. what it is. M-E-D, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it kills and savagely tears through its victim. Well, that sounds worse. Yeah. It begins that's the by standard f- version? Yeah. Um, it's like a supernatural just monster creature that isn't necessarily associated with the devil specifically or with like uh, uncommon peril. It's just like, oh, just a bad thing. Pure, get pure carnal evil. Uh, it begins by freaking the victim out with a series of sounds and other signs that is nearby. Then once they're about at their wit's end, it finally leaps forward and will kill them unless the white cadejo is near. Oh. Uh, which I'll again get into in a sec. Inside of you. There are two cadejos. There's two dogs. <laughs> which one do you walk? <laughs> Uh, the final and the least powerful one. type, <laughs> exactly, 
Uh, the final <laughs> and least powerful type of black Cadejo is the offspring of a normal dog and the regular Cadejo, i.e. the kind I just described. Gets it on with a normal pooch and makes this Cadejo. It's a mortal hybrid and can, with difficulty, be killed by a strong man. <laughs> Once dead, it will completely rot in a matter of seconds, leaving behind a stain of evil. It's the man-maker. Huh? It's the man-maker. <laughs> yes. Uh, on which grass and moss will never grow again. What about trees? This could have helped will never bite its victim. Instead, it kicks them and pecks them with its snout. There's its problem. Uh, yeah. Uh, after this happens, people say, oh, shit, you got the treatment. Uh, which... What they actually say is, oh, you were handled by the Codejo. And the, after they say this, <laughs> after this happens, the victim goes mad. This term is actually generally applied to people that are born with a mental illness, that they were handled by the Codejo. Oof, that's tough. Then there's the white Codejo. Generally, it's said to be protective and will steer folks away from doing anything bad or harmful or whatever. And in many cases, it's presented as being in constant battle with the black Codejo. Hmm. Uh, there are various accounts of a person being so close to, to death by Cadejo when suddenly the white version jumps out and attacks the black version, fighting it off and saving the person. Uh, wow. But one, one key feature in all accounts is that El Cadejo tends to show up in some kind of liminal space on some sort of border between towns, between the town and the forest, uh, at the edge of a graveyard, etc. So a pretty cool piece of folkloric commonality that we see around the world like just being in some sort of threshold type of area and then this scary thing is waiting there for you right gonna jump back into Burchell's book for a sec uh he says in neighboring el salvador the cadejo is a black dog with fiery eyes that howls mournfully its howl is not that of a natural beast but rather has an eerie quality found among other supernatural entities in central american folklore (laughs) (laughs) exactly also i in looking this up i spent a little bit too much time last night researching this not actually trying to find a good story but looking into a salvadoran brewery called (gasps) el cadejo and trying to see if it was possible to get their beer here and that would be so cool it looks really neat actually i will just link to the brewery anyway because it's really cool (laughs) um like the artwork looks neat, the beer seems like it's decent, and I would love to try it, but I don't see a way for El us to get it Cade. easily. I know we don't oh. have any listeners currently in El Salvador, but if we do at some point and they hear this episode, please get in touch. Contact at superduperstitious.com or just use our website to contact us and let us know if there's any way we can pay you to mail us this beer. We want to try it. Cerveza Cadejo. Here we go. Whoa. <laughs> Isn't that neat? That's cool. So the Salvadoran version of El Cadejo howls really eerily and unnaturally. If a person hears the hears the howl close at hand, then they may relax because that means that the black dog is far away. But if a person should hear the distant howl of the Cadejo, then they should not look behind them for the black dog is close on their heels, observing them with its burning red eyes. Oh boy. Interestingly, this specific piece of mythology is identical to that of the other story I was originally going to cover today about what's called the Whistler. More on that another time. Yeah, I'll be sure not to look that one up in the meantime. The Salvadoran black dog will follow its victim over great distances, howling all the while. If Mm. the frightened traveler should attack it, then it will swell to the size of a bull and trample them, leaving them paralyzed and struck dumb with terror at the side of the road. Yeah, that's fair. The befuddled victim needs uh, weeks to recover, but only rarely dies from such an encounter. 
Mm. So it's like it really just kind of messes like, oh, you tried to fight me. I'm going to mess you up now. Make you wish you didn't. And then they're <laughs> like, oh, no, I shouldn't have. No. <laughs> uh, in other tales of this version of, the, of El Cadejo, it can attack and kill, but I think only if you do turn around to look when it sounds far away, mm. but mm-hmm. don't try to fight it. I think I may be misremembering that part of it, but. Uh, later on, Burchell also takes some time to examine the similarities and differences between Latin American black dog stories and those of the British Isles. Mm. In conclusion to that, he says, quote, The black dog in Latin America is never considered to be the ghost of a mortal beast. Because there are some versions of the black dog in the UK where it oh, is a yeah. ghost of a dog. Right. In Latin America, it is always viewed as a manifestation of supernatural evil. Although the black dog may appear at first glance to be a British or North European phenomenon, it exists in essentially the same form across the entire length and breadth of the Americas. Much has been written upon the presumed Germanic, Celtic, or Indo-European origin of the legend, but uh, such an origin would not explain how a Highland Maya girl can meet a typical shape-changing black dog at a Guatemalan crossroads. It's referring to one of the stories in his book. It appears that the black dog, much like the poltergeist, is a global phenomenon. That's pretty crazy. Lots of elements of these stories are influenced by Spanish Catholicism as far as making it go away by making a sign of the cross or saying a prayer, stuff like that. A lot of the overall mythology is potentially carried over even as a pre-Columbian tradition. Mm. Thus, it seems more likely that we have kind of convergently evolved stories. (laughs) You know, we as humans just really like scary tales of horrifying black dog monsters. Right. Which is really neat. That is really cool. Yeah. So that is what I have for today, Mr. Shale. Well, damn, sir. I enjoy that very much. And as usual, might I add, we have yet again uh, independently converged on very synergistic topics. If we plan stuff this way, it would be really cool, but we are not that good at this. But, and thus, it is even cooler that we would accidentally do it right <laughs> so many times. <laughs> A lot of times. <laughs> Um, what well, is just funny to see such similar elements time and time again? I would wonder if there isn't some sort of a global cultural or even somehow biological memory that's like baked into our person as a collective yeah. human species that has to do with dogs in the night in some way, or that, mm. you know, the sort of wolf type schema takes on the like the mantle of predator in the darkness, you know, for all of us on some like core biological level that like just gets filtered into our psyche in that way. But it is fascinating that it's, it seems to be independently and also actually black dogs and shapeshifters as well. Yeah. As, as very globalized sort of, uh, omnicultural tokens of, uh, narrative or folkloric like character. It's really, really cool. It feels like, yeah, because these are specifically black dogs and not wolves of some kind or whatever yeah, form of, right, whatever form of predatory dog lives in the area, canid lives in the area, Right. it does seem like it's a, a post-domestication of dogs kind of thing maybe where it's true. like we know there's this, this sort of ancestral fear of wolves as a, a danger to us, but then we have this other thing which is a friendly thing that we're used to having around but then if there's a monstrous version of that that's a different kind of scary because right it becomes almost an uncanny sort of thing like well i know what this is supposed to be like but this is different we're supposed to have control over this now it's evil and like i mean black as just the color of spooky stuff makes sense just in the sense of it coming at nighttime and being able to blend into the darkness so right there's that but uh just it's, it's neat how much similarity there is 
And um, I do want to look more. If I do end up doing the Whistler down the road, which I intend to at some point, mm, I think mm-hmm. I may use it in conjunction with other stories of things that if you hear them sounding close, they're actually oh, yeah. far away and vice versa. And or the, cool the hearing of them is the danger, like uh, the Banshee yeah. or something like yes, this. Yes, yes. That's the first thing I thought of. Very, very cool. Very spooky. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fun combo for sure. So next up, should we fire up this here uh, sinister-looking computer machine thingy? Let's boot it up. We're talking about the NC AAA device. This is our, uh, yes, as Jake has just said, evil, sinister computer kind of device thing that uh, we've now been using for the better part of three years, I think. Two years? A year and a few months. <laughs> a year and a few months? Uh-huh. God, how time has <laughs> crawled <laughs> so slowly. <laughs> It's capable of doing many things. So far, we've used it for two things, which is to calculate <laughs> a bunch of stuff about cults, cults, <laughs> and to run this program called the Pander function, which of course stands for the Patron Appreciation Neural Die for Evaluation of Risk, which is our way of uh, thanking you, the dutiful patron of our show, for your support. Mm-hmm. Um, even as little as a dollar a month will get your name entered into the computer algorithm wherein it will be tortured, uh, held up to the light, and slowly mm-hmm. taken apart so as to discover which cryptid you should be aware of, either for your self-preservation or perhaps uh, adventures or weird times. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. First and foremost, dare we plug this thing in? Yeah, so I got a hose here and I'll stick it into the back of my skull and... Slid right in that time. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even make a sound that would have signified that it went into my head this time. <laughs> it may sound on my end though because uh, it just for some reason did, but uh, <laughs> because I want to put that sound effect in. <laughs> what are you talking about, Jake? Uh, nothing. Um, so let me just go ahead and click this button on the machine. There we go. I can feel the mind link um, taking hold. Today we're going to focus on. Real life ghost stories. Wow, what a strange name. From Canterbury, Kent. Why, I think I know what's going on here. So, a while back, you know, Emma was supporting us on Patreon with her own account, and then she bailed and then started supporting us with her actual show account. She is trying to double dip, I think, and get more than one cryptid red. Wow. That is not how that works, Emma. The machine cannot be questioned. You got the snake headed dog, and that is final. So, that can only mean that we're reading this for Dan. So we're going to focus on Dan uh, today. I was going to say, what if we're reading it for the show? Oh, for the show itself. That's also possible. So that the show can look out for these things. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that actually day, makes day life. Alrighty, <laughs> so the podcast Real Life Ghost Stories. Be on Indeed. the lookout for... Pishacha. Pishacha. In or India. Pishaka? Maybe. Pishaka? Pishaka? Uh... I don't know. I'm, it's, it's spitting out a bunch of different pronunciations at me right now, mm-hmm. so I'm just trying to say them all. In India, stories continue to tell of thousand-year-old creatures known as Pishacha, often translated as flesh eaters. Yes, uh, real-life ghost stories keep your collective eyes out for creatures that have red, swollen eyes, bulging veins, <laughs> and that are active late into the uh, late into the night. So I guess we're talking maybe like a weightlifting people yeah they aren't exactly demons they've been kind of really getting into a different sort of thing but they are uh real bad 
Real gross. Not good. I'm sensing from the uh, calculations that they tend to thrive in darkness mm. and uh, feed on the energy of humans. Actually, this might be good for you, real-life ghost stories, because you are essentially a corporate entity. <laughs> so you may be totally immune from this. Have they incorporated? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, so they, uh, I guess it could take different shapes. Uh, clearly it could take different spellings whenever they feel like. And um, they can become invisible, too. So They could be here even now. They could be. They might be waiting to do weird stuff to you anytime. Suppose if you do run into one, uh, mantras and protective chants might be used as protection um, and just stay away from India. <laughs> and you should be all set. And thank you for your support so on much. Patreon. Uh, appreciate anyone you. out there, if you want to support us on Patreon, you will immediately be entered into the algorithm for having your own cryptid calculated. You will also, depending on your level of support, get to uh, get some cool uh, nifty old stuff from us. We have some digital rewards. We have some physical rewards. Which oh, is yeah. us hugging you, mm, depending digitally. on where you are and how corona-y it is. Uh, but we, no, we actually also have stickers that are real cool that are uh, exclusive to patrons. You cannot buy these stickers. You can only get them by subscribing. And uh, it's good times, and we just love you for it. Before we move on, let's let's unplug this whole machine oh, from yeah, ourselves real it. quick. And uh. There we go. <laughs> um, stickers that you can buy may be found on our store, superduperstitious.com slash shop. We now have mm. uh, some of those jackalope design things in sticker form. We, you can get a jackalope Ooh, that sticker. looks so cool. Jackalope sticker, jackalope t-shirt, either unisex or fitted, jackalope hoodie. It's all good. You know you want to check it out. Superduperstitious.com slash shop. Um our cause of the week we want you to support. It'll be the top link in the description of this episode. Iowa Mutual Aid. The state of Iowa in the United States was hit by basically an inland hurricane. Totally devastated just, just this past wow. week. Not even getting a whole lot of press because there's so much going on in the world right now. So, yeah, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of so many other things going on, just terrible. So if you can God. help folks out there, yeah. definitely please do. We appreciate that. What's up next week, Wyatt? Next week, we're going to our fourth and final destination for August Around the World. Around the world, world. world. Um, and we will be joined by special guest Derek Sword from the podcast Monster Crush. Mm-hmm. I hear Derek bought himself a ticket for the destination that we have discussed ahead of time. We and, did make uh, him pay full price, even though ours are comped. That's right, exactly. But, you know, he's, uh, he's good for it, and... Um, <laughs> I have a suspicion he'll be a great guest. I think we will have had fun. I think so, too. I think, as Jake maybe mentioned earlier on, using his special powers as a seven of deers or whatever the fuck, (laughs) we may be super confused about, or specifically, I'll be super confused about what we're promoting. Um, I'll seem shocked despite having had one of those things. Derek will be better at it than either of us. This is true. These are all just guesses. Things we think are going to happen. I'm just guessing as well that this is yeah. what's going to happen. And uh, yeah, you know, it's it's. Uh, I suspect that'll be good. Bye. Bye.